I want you to think of a stereotypical hanging chad frat boy named Biff. Now, Biff goes to a party. And at the party, a woman falls asleep. And he grabs and gropes at her breasts. Now, a picture is taken of Biff and is sent to the university administrators. Now, how long in nanoseconds do you think it would be before that Biff guy is forcibly ejected from the university? I'm going to guess zero. Why? Because he'd realized which way the wind was going to blow, where he was going to end up. He'd saw off his own testicles, hand them to the administrators in a Dungeons and Dragons dice bag, and then retire to a monastery in Tibet for the rest of his natural-born existence. Why are we talking about Biff? Well, because there's a woman talking about Al Franken. Al Franken. And there's a picture which you can look for. I'm not going to reproduce it here. So, this is what she says. In December 2006, I embarked on my ninth USO tour to entertain our troops, my eighth to the Middle East since the 9-11 attacks. My father served in Vietnam, and my then boyfriend and now husband Chris is a pilot in the Air Force, so bringing a little piece of home to service members stationed far away from their families was both my passion and my privilege. So, she's doing charitable work. This is exhausting stuff. It's like a day and a half to fly there. Uh, you're there for weeks. Uh, it's uh, night, you know, morning noon and night in terms of um, meeting and greeting and doing shows and so on. Now, she is extraordinarily hot, although, you know, very smart as well, alongside with being very smart. She's a reporter, she's a journalist and so on. And so she was there to be the MC Introduce Max. But I guess Al Franken, with his squinty, half-hobbit, shaggy-haired, 55-year-old married guy, gross, cap-of-the-knee leer, saw her and said, hey, hey, man, I've written some skits for us. You know, you you should do a skit with me. And she's like, well, okay. Why don't you show me the script? So he shows her the script. And in the script, he gets to really kiss her. Now, she, of course, is like, you know, this is a woman who's used to being hit on. And she's like, well, I'm pretty sure I know what he's really after. But, you know, in the skit, I'll turn my cheek. I'll cover my mouth. You know, it'll be it'll be kind of funny. So this is what she agrees uh, to do. Now, on the day of the show, Al Franken and this woman are alone backstage. They're going over the lines one last time. And he says, we need to rehearse the kiss. And she laughs and just kind of ignores him. And he says it again. And she says something like, relax, Al, this isn't SNL. We don't need to rehearse the kiss. But he's like continuing to insist, continuing to insist. And, you know, it's kind of making her... A little uncomfortable. And he's like, oh, no, no, actors really need to rehearse everything. You gotta, we got to practice this kiss. And finally she's like, okay, okay, okay. So they did the lines leading up to the kiss. And then Al Franken, I guess, goes tippy-toe, comes at her, puts his hand on the back of her neck, mashes his lips against hers, and aggressively sticks his tongue in her mouth. Now, if you're kissing someone you love, I'm sure that's fine. Some people really like that. But playing tonsil hockey with someone you don't really have that relationship with at all when you're married and she has a boyfriend is really, really gross. Imagine some homeless guy reeking of rat hair and and foul alcohol jamming his tongue in your mouth and licking your teeth. This is what it is like, I'm sure, in this context. Now... Listen, I spent some time on the stage. I went to theater school. And you don't do it for real. If, you, if you're having a fist fight, you don't actually punch someone. 
If you're doing a sword fight, you don't actually hit him with a sword. I remember playing Macbeth. Big sword fight that I was in. The sword got stuck in the wall. I couldn't pull it out. I had to leap on the guy and pretend to choke him to death. I didn't choke him to death. If you're kissing someone on stage, you don't use tongue. You don't do that really gross saliva waterfall that Tom Cruise did in uh, Top Gun. Because it's a play. They're far away. You don't do it. It's a violation. Now, this woman pushes Franken away with both of her hands and says, if you ever do that to me again, I will not be so nice about it the next time. And then, other than what they have to do on stage, and she keeps turning her head away and covering her mouth when he tries to kiss her, she never had any kind of conversation with Franken again. She avoided him, made sure she was never alone with him. You know, predator in the house, ladies. Now, what does he do? How does he take this rejection of, frankly, inevitability? Well, petty insults. She, he drew devil horns on at least one of the headshots that she's autographing for the troops. Just really, really gross stuff like that. Now, the tour ends. Christmas Eve, they begin the 36-hour trip home to L.A. Now, just give it, Christmas Eve, 36-hour trip. This woman is giving up Christmas at home with her family in order to do this charitable work. This is after two weeks of you know, night and day travel, performing, pressing the flesh, um, taking photos, selfies, and all that kind of stuff. So she's exhausted. So the C-17 cargo plane takes off from the soil on Afghanistan, and she falls asleep. Now, she's still wearing her flak vest and Kevlar helmet, and uh, she makes it home. Now, later, she's in the States, and she's looking through the CD of the photos that are handed by the photographer who was documenting the trip, and she saw the photo. The photo. And the photo is of Uncle Spanky Fingers, grabby hands, knee-high to a pervert, Al Franken, doing a big grin in the camera and grabbing at her boobs. And she says, I couldn't believe it. He groped me without my consent while I was asleep. I felt violated all over again, embarrassed, belittled, humiliated. How dare anyone grab my breast like this and think it's funny? Now, she told her husband everything that happened, showed him the picture, and just imagine. So this is, this is uh, 2006. He doesn't become senator till 2008. Obamacare, remember? And imagine having this much power, being on the left, being a comic. Imagine having this much power that you have no concerns about a woman you've groped while she's sleeping having a picture of it. He's smiling for the camera. He knows the picture has been taken. This is what the Democrats have festered and become lazy and jab at the huttish and muscleless in having this kind of power. Because imagine, this picture's out there. He, no, he didn't say, oh man, you've got to delete that picture. That's really incriminating. This is some bad stuff. No, he's like, meh, meh, meh. Like this cross between a retard Benny Hill and a proctologist. Imagine, because if she goes to the media, this is Al Franken, he's on the left, he's powerful. If she goes to the media, the media will be like, oh, we're not publishing that, forget it, we don't care. And this is before this, this alternative media, otherwise known as the factual media, zero fucks given media, tell the truth media. Guess back in 2006, I guess I was just starting out. 
in 2006. And uh, my voice was a lot less hoarse back then because the world wasn't pissing me off quite as much. And this is happening uh, in, in Congress. So a few weeks ago, she says, we had California Congresswoman Jackie Speer on the show. She told us her story of being sexually assaulted when she was a young congressional aide. She described how a powerful man in the office where she worked held her face, kissed her, and stuck his tongue in her mouth. And at that moment, she says, that's what Al Franken did to me. And that's what sort of brought it back. We've seen this going on in the European Parliament, so sexual harassment, sexual assault allegations, and so on. Of course, Hollywood its coming out in the sports world. This is some really gross stuff. And I am the father of a daughter, so I take this stuff pretty goddamn seriously. So, yeah. Al Franken forcibly kissed this woman without her consent, grabbed her breast while she was sleeping, and had a photo. How confident do you have to be? Here's me robbing the bank. Take a photo. Send it to the cops. I don't care. And this is what they're used to, this lack of accountability. This is what the media has bred and festered among the left. So we've got a photo of Al Franken playing rapey honk with a woman's boobs. And the, the left, the Dems are defending him. Oh, don't you have anything more interesting to talk about, Halala? Now compare this to the almost 40-year-old, well, 40 40-year-olds, 40 1977, 40-year-old, somewhat legible inscription that Ray Moore is supposed to have scribbled into some woman's yearbook, which is proof of that. So Gloria Allred, inevitably defending one of these women, she calls into CNN. Wolf Blitzer. I still think he's an extra in a Castle Wolfenstein video game. Wolf Blitzer. Live on the Situation Room. God, I hate that name. (laughs) Everything's annoying me today. The Situation Room. No, no, no. You're in makeup. You're talking about nudes under bright lights. You're not the Pentagon. It's not a war zone. Wolfie. So, Allred called into CNN... And uh, Wolf Blitzer said, okay, well, can you, can you tell us for sure that there's nothing forged, nothing forged about this signature of, of Roy Moore? And she says, well, I'll be willing to submit the yearbook to, quote, an independent expert or experts, end quote. But only once her client and Roy Moore are, have testified under oath before the Senate Judiciary Committee and the Senate Select Committee on Ethics before the election, she says. Not going to agree to have the yearbook independently examined in any other situation or circumstance, claiming we're not going to be distracted. Distracted? This is a key piece of evidence that you're putting forward to smear a man's name from accusations from 40 years ago. And you're saying, well, I I don't want to independently verify it because that would be a distraction. A distraction? You're holding it up as evidence. We should really verify that. It's a pretty strong allegation. No. Now, why does she want it in front of the Senate bullshit? For simple reasons, that it's bad optics. Oh, he's been dragged in front of a Senate investigation. That makes it look more important than it is. So she's just using this as leverage to get him in front of the Senate under oath. Blitzer asks, can you say flatly to our viewers right now, Gloria, that the signature, what he wrote in that yearbook in 1977, according to her, can you say flatly that it was not a forgery? Pretty simple question. Albert answered, Well, all I'm saying is we will permit an independent examiner of the writing to look at exemplars of that former judge. We will allow all of this to be asked and answered at the hearing. Now, he asks her again. He presses her on it. 
It's not a forgery, right? Not a forgery? This key piece of evidence, not a forgery, right? Pretty simple question. She says, well, all I'm saying is we're not denying, we're not admitting, we're not addressing. We will not be distracted and we will pursue a just result for our client. (laughs) We're not admitting. Is it a forgery? I'm not going to tell you that. I think you just told us that. (laughs) Good Lord. And this is what's going on. They say Roy Moore is unqualified to be in politics because he wrote something in a yearbook 40 years ago. That's proof. Ah, but Al Franken. Eh, It's not really that interesting. Doesn't really matter. My God. Now, this woman who's accusing Roy Moore, she said, well, I never dealt with him after that. Turns out, <clears throat> buzzer of falsehood came up. Came up. Turns out that Roy Moore, when he was a judge, adjudicated this woman's divorce in 1999. 1999. <sighs> he assaulted me. But I'm perfectly happy having him as the judge in my, di- in my divorce. Come on, people. I never had any contact with him again. Oh, well, no, I guess he was the judge in my divorce. But, you know, who remembers that kind of stuff? Just another day in chaos land. Ah, it's so ridiculous and so horrendous. Moore should not be in politics because of a yearbook scribble from 40 years ago that's unverified. Oh, we have a picture of Al fucking Franken groping a woman while she's sleeping. Uh, that's different because I'm an addict to power and I'm a manipulator and a complete fucking dirtbag. If he was a frat boy, would he be expelled? How the hell did he even get elected in Minnesota by 300 odd votes? Any illegals voting in Minnesota? Well, sure. More than 14% of non-citizens in 2008 and the 2010 Samples said that they were registered to vote. And some of those non-citizens actually voted, according to researchers. 6.4% of non-citizens voted in 2008 and 2.2% of non-citizens voted in 2010. That's enough to swing elections. Al Franken got in 2008 with 312 votes. Votes cast by 0.65% of Minnesota non-citizens would have accounted for that margin. Also, The flood of Somalians into Minnesota gave him the election, which gave you Obamacare. Why do you have Obamacare? Why are you forced into that? Because of massive third world importation of Somalians dumped into Minnesota. It's very clear, which you're forced to pay for in many cases through welfare as well. It's all part of the demographic coup of the republic. So here we have a horrible situation wherein the left who attacked a man on innuendo and accusation is now, in many cases, defending a man when there's outright photographs of him groping a woman who is not conscious. Can she give consent? No! She's sleeping! What happens if you grope a woman without her consent? This is the male feminist. Oh, the GOP has got a war on women. God. If it weren't for hypocritical principles, the left would have no principles at all. And stop using our natural sympathy towards victims of sexual assault to gain political power. Stop using the virtues of your supposed enemies to undo them. But this is the natural escalation. Racist, 
doesn't work anymore. You're a racist, doesn't work anymore. Sexist, doesn't work anymore. War on women, doesn't work anymore. Homophobe, Islamophobe, don't work anymore. Fake news got co-opted by people who actually speak truth to power, to the Democrat media academic industrial complex of power-seeking monkey brain addicts. Deplorables got co-opted and owned. Adorable deplorables and became a joke. Now, what happens if sexual assault doesn't work anymore? What happens? But this is why the left has got so lazy. Because they've had the media shilling for them. They've had Hollywood shilling for them. They've had academia shilling for them and they've had all of these like they're like the mouthy brassy little kid who who's got this big dangerous brother who's going to beat up anyone who does the bratty kids like oh yeah oh yeah and and, and <laughs> right because he's got this big scary brother and now the big scary brother is gone because there's the alternative media in 2006 al franken could be comfortable with a woman having a picture of him groping her breasts while she's sleeping this woman who just gave up her Christmas and two weeks of her life and endless amounts of sleep to do charitable work, he's groping her while she's sleeping. He's got no problem with her having this picture. Why? Because he knows the media is going to run defense for him. He knows it's never going to come out. Could he, of course, have anticipated that the alternative media, the honest media, the unbought media would run with this story and keep it alive more than 10 years down the road? Well, of course not. So... Maybe, just maybe, none of this attack people's reputation, destroy their source of income, drive them from public life, all of these satanic-worshipping Saul Alinsky tactics of raw, monkey-brained, dopamine, power-rush, political addiction-grabbing, maybe that's not going to work anymore. Maybe if there's some control over immigration, stuffing the ballot with endless beating heart bodies of third world immigrants who are going to vote for the left from now to eternity, maybe that won't work either. Maybe. Just maybe, just maybe, without all of this support and protection and the big bully brother to make people run from the non-arguments, maybe the left just might start developing some actual goddamn arguments rather than bullying and manipulating and lying. But regardless of whether they do or whether they don't, here's my final message. People do not have higher standards than your enemies. There's an old cartoon I remember reading when I was a kid. It's some medieval battle, and the arrows are raining down on the knights. And one of them turns to the other and says, Arrows? Arrows? Can they do that? (laughs) Well, if they develop arrows, you have to develop shields and arrows. Do not have higher standards than your enemies. Don't take this high road, glorious victory lap into the lava of inconsequentiality. Do not vanish with tired, higher standards into the ash heap of history. This is a battle. Peacefully, reasonably, but vociferously, energetically, and with commitment. Fight back.